Welcome to Next Question, a podcast by White's Chapel. This is a podcast created by you, for you. You submit a question, and pastors and church staff do our best to answer them. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Next Question. Got John and Todd here yet again. <laughs> we had such a good time. We are looking forward to coming back. Yes, this is going to be a regular Gluttons day. for punishment, I think. Yes. That's what you call it. Okay, so y'all had fun the first time. Yeah, no, yeah, man, that was a great time. And I hope you're asking me for a big analysis of the Taylor Swift concert. I'm looking yes, forward to that talking was, about that. Yes, a couple okay. of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, you know what? This isn't in the the this isn't in the bowl. But I'll just ask, can you name a Taylor Swift song? One. Um, Taylor Swift sold out. If you're listening to this later on, Taylor Swift just I sold out it's, Dallas it's three nights in a row. Girl song. So um, just <laughs> do your best. Uh, Shoot let's your see, shot. Daddy. No, no, nope. nope. That was Jewel. That was a Jewel song. <laughs> no, and Jewel and Taylor Swift are pretty different. Uh, Here you come again. That's Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay. Shake it. I don't know any. Shake it off. Shake it off. That's one. You know, yeah. shake it off. Yeah, I don't. I was trying to feed him one. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that. Well, you. I've seen I, you. I've seen you dance to it. Have you? <laughs> Th- that is something I would enjoy. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. I, maybe I didn't connect the artist with the song. Yes, which Honestly, I have that if you've problem. Ever, if you've ever been in a restaurant, if you've ever done anything over the last decade, you've probably heard Taylor Swift's song somewhere. <laughs> gotcha. She I'm, is, I'm sure I have. She is everywhere. Gotcha. Well, obviously, she is an astute business person. She is because I think she is making a lot of money. She sold out three nights at AT and T. Unbelievable! Which, okay, how, how, well done, T Swift. How 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 many people are held in AT and T? Do you know the answer? To that? Well, I think I heard for the concert eighty thousand. Yeah, yeah, I think they said it she up because they take up some from the floor. Yeah. Oh my. God. So that's two hundred and forty thousand, and I bet you some of those tickets. I know they're like five dollars, but I bet some went for seven. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Add, add add some zeros <laughs> for sure. <laughs> exactly. All right, are y'all ready? Yeah. Yes. All right. Come on. I'm mixing up our questions, and I'm just going to uh, pick the first one. Rank the Dallas sports teams. That's kind of appropriate. We're talking about uh, AT&T Stadium. So of the big four, what are your- In my heart or how good they are? Okay. I I would say say in your heart. In In my heart, heart, number one, two, three, four, and five are are the the Dallas Cowboys- I think we're all shocked by that. Number mm-hmm. six would be the Rangers. Number seven would be the Mavericks. Um, do we count the soccer? FC uh, Dallas. St- stars would be the big four, I would think. The the hockey. Well, I would put. You put soccer before the. I would tie them because I don't really care for either. That particularly well. <laughs> <laughs> I've enough. been to some stars games. I can never see the puck. I don't really. I I love hockey in theory, but I can't see it. Yeah. So I've actually enjoyed. I used to go see some of our kids play high school hockey, and I enjoyed that better when I knew the kids. Okay, Todd. Yeah, no, I'm 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 right there with you. Same so, list. Yeah, Cowboys. Uh, then Rangers. Then Rangers. So ba- then, baseball over basketball. Yeah, I don't. Basketball was the one sport I didn't play, and so I don't. I don't really enjoy basketball. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll admit I'm a fair weather fan. Whenever it comes to even like college basketball, I'll tune in for like the Elite Eight. Yeah. Um, unless Baylor's playing through, but other than that, yeah. And then, and then you know what? It's it's a draw. I, I really, I actually, I'm one of those. I'm one of those that actually likes watching soccer. And so I may put. I may do you, put are you FC one of those Dallas guys that, Do you wake up really early and watch like Premier League? 
overseas. I have, yeah. You have done I that, have, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's I respect that. I don't get it. <laughs> I've watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> that, yeah, there you go. See that? That's that's where I'm at. Uh-huh. That's, that's the extent. Uh, okay, all right. Oh, yes, this is true. Producer Andrew does. That's right. Tell him what he said in case they couldn't hear. Okay, Producer Andrew reminded me uh, several years ago, we did a uh, a sermon series here at White's Chapel called Underdogs, and I ended up, uh, it was only my, I think it was my second time, third time on ice skates, and uh, I suited up in full goalie gear um, and went up against a, is he in the NHL Hall of Fame yet? Yeah, an NHL Hall of Famer from the Blackhawks who I am told, I am responsibly told, um, I think spent almost as much time in the penalty box as he did on the ice. Al, Mr. Al Secord, uh, um, and he, so he, what year he was shot this? pucks against me. Oh, 2000, when we did the series. Yeah, we did the series. 2008, 2010, somewhere okay. in there. there. Okay. We, we might need to find those uh, videos and put them out on, on social Sam, media. Sam, while you were in third grade, we were trying to do that. <laughs> so so I, went a, that. I went against a Blackhawk, and Pastor John ran track against the Carroll track team. How'd that go? It was just what you would imagine. <laughs> it was a lovely experience. He almost bit it coming out of the blocks. <laughs> and then pulled a muscle sure. in my calf. <laughs> Came up lame. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right. Uh, this one is one that was submitted. What is legalism? What How do you is, define legalism? I, lo- I I really do think in the biblical sense, the Pharisees were the classic legalists, and that is they see the faith as a as a as kind of a, a, a moral code of do's and don'ts. But the problem with legalism is we start with the Ten Commandments, but then they want to debate what does it mean. Yeah. So then you come up with more rules and more rules, and you get so busy keeping the rules that you forget what the rule was about in the first place. And that's the danger with legalism. You're so busy with the external part of life and faith that you forget the internal. And you can kind of become mean-spirited when you that's your faith is rooted in that. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it takes I think it takes just like the human situation out of the equation too, right? I mean, whenever um, whenever we start to, to speak with the authoritative, like when we start to think that we're speaking with the authoritative voice of God, that um, that what we understand to be right and true is is universally right and true. Um, I think it I think it gets dangerous for us. Um, it gets really really close to idolatry. Yeah, yeah. You think legalism is still a problem today? Very oh much, yeah, yeah, very much so. Right. And because yeah. don't you think? I mean, religion like that is a whole lot easier than the other the other way of doing it. Definitely. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not believe me I'm not talking about cheap grace either. You know that that whole Bonhoeffer thing. Um, I'm not talking about you know like salvation without sanctification or communion without confession. All those things that Bonhoeffer talked about. I'm talking about responsible responsible grace where where we understand you know that. When we say like people, people contrasting, you know, the black and white and, oh, we know like gray is, you know, kind of taking a beating here uh, recently. I'm not talking about living in the gray either. Kind of this this wishy washy sort of place. I'm talking about the living color that, yeah. that Jesus lived life with and that Jesus saw saw life with whenever he can say uh, I've come and not a, not a not a uh, the the slightest little mark is going to pass away from right. the law that come as the as the fulfillment of the law and yet whenever you read the gospels Jesus Jesus was I mean he was a lawbreaker he was breaking the sabbath 
Um, and why did he, why did he always say? Well, what, what was kind of his consistent thing is that that man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was for man. And mm-hmm. so Jesus always remembered the big capital Y behind the what of the law. Yeah. And he went and hung out with Gentiles and tax collectors yeah. and sinners, and they did not like the crowd that Jesus associated with. Yeah, yeah. But it's all it, religion. Having grown up in a tradition that was very much about the do's and don'ts, um, and really more so about the don'ts than the do's. Yeah. Um, that that sort of faith is a lot easier. That's a good um, point. That you don't find a lot of like legalistic traditions where they're like. Where it's all about the do's. Yeah. Because that might yeah. be, di- I don't know, that might be a, a little different. Well, it, it's Jesus always was, about the do's. Well, Jesus was kind of emphatically about the do's, Exactly. Wasn't he? Do love God and do love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like whenever Jesus can condense the 613 do not, thou shalt nots in mm-hmm. his day to, to, to two thou shalts to say, you know what, if you can do these two things, if you can love God and you can love each other, then all the other stuff, all the other laws, they're just going to take care of themselves because you're not going to fall into idolatry and you're not going to take the Lord's name in vain and you're not going to desecrate the Sabbath and you're not going to murder and you're not going to lie. So if you can if you can just do, emphatically do yeah. these two things, love God, love each other, you know, everything else, you know, it, it does. It, it takes care of itself. It does. That's good. Okay, next question. Uh, okay, this one that was emailed in. People think some people think all worship music sounds the same. Do you agree with that? And how do you prove otherwise? <laughs> we may have different answers. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I, I will be honest with you. It depends on maybe. So wait, when we say worship music, are we are we talking about like contemporary music? Are we talking about hymns? Are we? Here's the, okay. Let's be this honest. This person with just you. put worship music. There is so much different ways we interpret worship music. And uh, and and uh, depending on your age and what you grew up with and that you have a preference, what you have to realize with with worship, one size does not fit all. Yeah. And we saw that even when we had kind of two flavors of contemporary worship, that one was more younger oriented, one tended to be more middle of the road oriented, and everybody has a different preference. And I'll be honest with you, as I've gotten older, I love the old hymns. Yeah. And think that's wonderful. I think what we have to to get beyond, and that's where legalism comes in that we talked about, mm-hmm. is thinking that it's my way or the highway. Yeah. But ideally, we could appreciate it all and enjoy outstanding worship that moves us. Uh, but unfortunately, the other most people though have a certain genre that they like, and they kind of shut down on the others. Yeah. And I think I think we also have to be honest that that we we have a real advantage. <clears throat> Here at the church, because a lot of times it sounds so similar because, you know, at, at a lot of churches, I would probably say at most churches, you got an organ and a piano and mm-hmm. those are and maybe a guitar. Um, and so it can start to sound really, really similar. Even the hymns can start sounding really, really similar. It's, it's you know, the, the voicing of it and the way that it's arranged. I mean, so to have a big old choir and a big old orchestra gives you gives you a way to flavor the, the hymns and different songs differently. And, and, and I'll confess that there for a while, contemporary Christian music. Yeah. It, it all kind of sounded yeah. very similar. It was like, you hit the same note for sure. Yeah. You put like, you put a dozen different words in a blender and like turn the thing on and it, it spit out this kind of mm-hmm. generic, you know, this very generic sort of worship and praise song. And it was, it was a way of doing worship that was, that was, 
all about praise and it was all up and it was all clappy, clappy, happy, happy. And it really, I think, forgot the power and the necessity of the lament. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like there, there's, there's real power in in a dirge. Um, the, the, the full, like the full gamut of of human emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in recent years, maybe the past like three, four years, yeah, I would agree with years, that. The floodgates um, have opened a little bit. Yeah, there, there have been. It, it sounds different. It feels different. There are different themes that are going on. And I actually, and, I have like a whole playlist of songs I listen to that. We could never do in church because they're not like singable, yeah. Or they're not, yeah. They're not like kind of like let's sing along, yeah. Type of songs, but there's a whole, there's a whole brand of of uh, even contemporary music now that that is kind of tapping into all these different genres, indie yeah. and Americana and country and. They're you know they're yeah, exper- it's, it's very experimental and it's just cool. The, yeah, and it's not sing songy. Yeah, you know which which makes me really happy. Right? Yeah, other than just kind of this. Very kind of homogenized, sort of every song saying the same thing, sounding the same way. Um, there, there really is a, yeah. a, I think a difference. It's and, a good question though, because I have heard people say that. Oh, yeah, we do. You know, and yeah. I'll be honest with you. And I'm going to give. I'm going. Todd's heard this before. I'm going to give Sam a history lesson of White's Chapel. Our first contemporary worship service was also our beginning Saturday night service, <clears throat> and we were broke, but we wanted to do something different. So, what year was that? Probably ninety five. You did ninety six. You did it, Saturday night. In it was in the sanctuary. It wasn't in a separate room, but we had a band that was free. That's like a hard acid rock garage band <laughs> that was trying to play Christian music, and they oh, were no. they were for free, and they knew about four songs, so it sounded the same. But one of my favorites was one of their songs was it's an old hymn, but they did an arrangement of it. There's uh, power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. And we couldn't afford PowerPoint things. So we had the words on an overhead projector <laughs> and the associate pastors were basically changing it as we sang. Pastor Betsy was up there singing this old blood hymn that's not her favorite genre. And the <laughs> face that she made, plus the, the the band was not good. They were free, and they were worth every penny that we were paying them. <laughs> and so it was not our finest hour, but we were doing the best we could. Yeah. Yeah, but don't— That's I, also super early for having a— any form of contemporary, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. 95? Yep. Well, for that, Methodist church, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Methodist church is in <laughs> was five years ago? No. Yeah, like we didn't, we didn't get I mean, contemporary music until contemporary music was old. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I will I will say, though, though, that, I mean, you used to have a, a strike against contemporary music, and it was probably rightful, too, that, that there wasn't the real depth of theology that you get. I mean, we've always said that, you know, Methodists don't really have a systematic theology. We say if you want to see our theology, you read the, the, the sermons of John Wesley and you read the hymns of Charles Wesley. And that's really where our theology is contained. So much of it is in the music. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the the earlier contemporary uh, Christian music, it, it was kind of light. It was kind yeah. of, you know, kind of frothy. It, it, there wasn't real. We did a lot it. when I was growing up at Especially at, when we were at Trinity UMC, they loved the hand motion. The songs. hand motion songs. Okay, I'll be waves of mercy, and you like. Okay, I don't know what year, Lord, I lift your name earth. on uh-huh. high. You came from heaven to earth. Yes. Out of fifty-two weeks, we sang that forty-eight times. Forty-eight weeks out of fifty-two, oh. till I 
bandit to this day i cannot take that song well good thing is i don't think there's a ton of people clamoring for it back yeah, right. <laughs> so, okay y'all ready for another one yeah sure all right let's pull another one uh what was your first job <laughs> my first real job that i got paid a paycheck i was working um as a book uh, scorekeeper announcer at men's softball games before i could drive i would ride my bike and so I would drive to a, a softball park. You were the announcer, too? I was the announcer, and I kept the official scorebook at a softball park. And so I really had a job through the spring and the summer. And How so old were you? I was. I couldn't drive yet, so I had to be about 13. Yeah. So for the Bozier you Park, were the you were the announcer? I was the announcer. No, officials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole deal. Okay. Wow. Okay, uh, I knew that was your first job. I didn't know that's how old you were. I couldn't drive yet. So I, back then we got our driver's license at 15. Maybe for I don't think I did it for 2 years. I was 13, I believe. Okay. Well, Todd, um do y'all know uh, did y'all have sports authorities out here? Yeah. Like yes. 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 Or, yeah. Like the sporting goods store. I don't think they still exist anymore. No, they went out of business. Okay. But, I was going to uh, say there used, there was one by me when I my first year of seminary though, but it closed down like pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, like an academy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I worked in team sports at I was the soccer guy at Sports Authority in West Palm Beach. Um, so you sold shin uh, guards. And, I did. Yeah. I mean, I sold everything in, in team sports. I'm trying to think of what is like, what is soccer equipment? A soccer ball. Yeah, but I mean, I would, I would outfit people for any team sport. Gotcha. Um, but like, you I was, were, the, I was the, the guy. They were like, yeah, talking about soccer, soccer questions uh, about soccer equipment. So I would be the one talking about early. Todd has heard this story forever, but one of my early life traumas in trying to get a job when I turned fifteen and got a driver's license. The cool job amongst our people was working at McDonald's. Because that was like a really cool, <laughs> wonderful thing. And I wanted to work at McDonald's so bad. So I went in, and I was 15, and I filled out the application. And I thought, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to buy Coke. I'm going to give them some business so the manager will like me. But I, I spilled the Coke all over the place. <laughs> uh. And they sent for the mop, and I had Coke all over my application. I did not get the call back. <laughs> My life could have been different if I had gotten hired at you, McDonald's. You, yeah. Okay. Has there has there ever been has there ever been a job that either of you have applied for, um, and didn't get? Mm. I mean, obviously oh, McDonald's. McDonald's, absolutely. Uh, there was a couple of accounting jobs that I, I really wanted during the season of my life that I applied and did not get. Um, so you know, particularly. In my career, uh, there have been several of those. Okay. I had a couple of internships I didn't get. I, when I was coming out of my sophomore year, I was still planning on doing law, and so I applied to do, and I was really, really overshooting because it, it was unlikely that even coming out of sophomore year, I'd get an internship at all, and gotcha. I, but I still applied, and I, they didn't even I didn't even get an email back. Really? Nothing. Okay, but Todd- They just ghosted you, huh? Nothing. Now that yeah. you say that, here's my big one. Um, your dad, Sam's dad, John, we were big buddies, and he'd get me worked up to go ask for certain churches. I applied to go be the pastor at the Methodist Church in DeLeon, Texas, mm. and I the got booming metropolis. I got passed over. I was told that was too big a reach, and they sent me to White Chapel <laughs> back in '92. <laughs> Life could have been different if I had only made it to DeLeon. John, uh, you might you might be able to get it now. I might. <laughs> There's a possibility if, if you want to go for it. 
The listeners will understand. <laughs> Coming live from Dalia. I believe I'll. I believe we'll stay. You'll put. stay put. I okay. think I'll stay put. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. Okay, coming into ministry, what did you think that you would love the most, and what did you actually end up loving the most? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Okay, I'm going into it, I thought I was going to love preaching, and I did not realize over time what a heavy burden preaching is and how hard to do it well. And how you preach is different now than it was what you I thought preaching was back then. Yeah. So that has turned out to be something different. What I thought that I would love that I loved was just getting to share life with people yeah. and be a pastor and work with young people and to get to get to get to be a pastor. I thought I would love it and I love that even more. Yeah. Um I think for me. My uh, my massive insecurities, right? My my inadequacies um, have always I've always kind of overcompensated with like grades and being like one of the smart guys and and all of that sort of stuff. And so I really thought that going into ministry, being um, uh, being encountered by like these these massive existential questions of life, like the big questions, the why questions of of God and creation and and all of that sort of stuff. I really thought that I was I really thought that I was going to have the answers to some of those. Yeah. I really thought that I was going to enjoy being the guy I get that. that people turn to to have all the answers. And the longer I do it, the fewer and fewer answers I have, mm-hmm. at least answers that hold water. I I mean, I know what we've been taught to say. Um and yet I've also seen those places where those answers just aren't satisfying at all. Um, so I have not enjoyed having really lame answers as much as I thought I would, but what I really have loved getting to do is just getting to wallow in the questions themselves, you know, and, and getting to be with people as they've struggled and gotten to be with them when, as they've kind of stumbled upon the answers for themselves without me connecting dots, maybe, maybe me just asking questions to them, um, um, and letting them, kind of go on their own journey other than me other you know rather than me trying to manipulate it or steer it or point it in some direction but just to be faithful to walk along and and you know just to make sure that folks didn't know that they were maybe alone in asking the question maybe just to say hey look you're not weird for asking that questions and you're not a bad christian for asking that question in fact you're you're, you're honoring god yeah that's and good. asking that question so maybe yeah. that mm-hmm. that's a great question yeah so thanks for whoever whoever sent it in yeah. All right. Next. So here's a plug, though, Sam. Oh. If someone does have a question, how do they get it into? Uh, how do they get into the big bowl here? Questions at whiteschapel.org. Please mm-hmm. send them in. Please. Or honestly, like, feel free to just email me too. My email's on the website srobbins at whiteschapel.org. Um, that's how I've gotten a bunch of these. Several good. that that uh, have been asked have just come straight to my email. Good. 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 Cool. So if you've got, if you want to send in questions, if you've got a a couple, or I mean, I've I've, I've gotten, I've had people who've sent in. 10 so for real give us whatever you got and we will we will cut them up and throw them in the bowl love it love Uh it um okay next next question would you rather be overdressed or underdressed (laughs) i think i know what what sean's gonna say at this stage of my life um underdressed 
because <laughs> that, I feel it, like it depends on the context, though, a little right? bit. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, would you rather be overdressed or underdressed at a funeral? Overdressed, probably. Yeah. You know what? But would See, you rather I'm, be underdressed or overdressed for like a dinner with a friend? What my dad always taught me is that if you overdress, you can always take something off. Right, so if oh, I'm wearing a, a tie, you can always you can take pull the tie, the tie off, or you the can jacket take the coat off, or whatever. If you remove a jacket and roll some sleeves, that that yeah. that cashes you up pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and maybe 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 you've only got the top button undone. Yeah, maybe it's a little more casual than that. Maybe take you know, go real risque and unbutton hey, unbutton that second button. I get grief. Know? I get grief for that from some of our associate <laughs> pastors all the time. Okay, may I say I regularly have the double the double button. May I'm not say, cool enough to do that. I have changed my mind, and I like y'all's answer better. So I'm right there with you. Oh, we were trying to convince you. you. No, no. <laughs> you could believe me, me. Believe me, brother. I, have I but I just feel like it. But the your context dad, you, does matter. But you con- context is. Yeah, that, that yeah, is. totally agree. But I, uh, I've lived with you for twenty, however many years now, and I have seen you ease into rather being underdressed. And yes. there's a there's a comfort level. Yeah. If I want to be comfortable, absolutely underdressed, but prepared, overdressed. It yeah. took me a minute to learn this lesson. Like when I kind of transitioned from student ministry into you know being uh, on the pastoral staff, I was so used to. I mean, in youth ministry. I'm not going to wear a tie to go hang out with a kid. You know, a lot of the <laughs> right. times we're going and playing basketball or we're at a coffee shop or something. Um, but it took me a minute to kind of make that turn and realize, okay, this, there does need to be a different level. It, it helped me with my confidence too. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I started dressing a little bit, it made me feel like, okay, I'm the pastor. I, I yeah. you know, yeah. I, I have to take that authority. Is well, what I've been told many times by I, uh, both of you <laughs> at times. I've got. I've, I always have a dress shirt and a tie hanging on the back of my on the back of my door in my office, just in case. Because you never know. I need you to know? do that. Like you never know when you're going to get a call and you have to run to run to the hospital. Because yeah, I've or, had to run home before a couple yeah, of times. Right. I'd have. I've had to race home and. So I just keep something up here just in case. That's smart. I should do that. Very smart. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um. What was the last thing you Googled? Oh. It's hard to remember. You can check it if you want. <laughs> Taylor Swift songs. No, yeah. <laughs> no I actually, this afternoon, uh, looking up a restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina. Going to be going on a golf trip in a, in a little bit. Ooh, so, what restaurant? Uh, well, I was trying to find, um, I, I had forgotten the name of it. So I was trying to find the top restaurants. Gotcha. One of those lists to see if it would jump off the Were page. Were you trying to look at the menu? Yes, but then Todd remembered the name of it. It was called Anson's. Yeah. I, for some reason, I could never remember the name. Okay, so are y'all... I feel like there's two types of people. There's people who look at the menu in advance and already know what they want when they're walking in the door, and then there's people who wait until they get to the restaurant. Which one are you? I'm going to one-up you and say there are three types of okay, people. Okay, what's the third? Uh, there are the third type of people. Uh, Google the, the, the menu ahead. Think they know what they're going to order, and then, and then completely change yeah. when they get to the restaurant. That's fair because a special will a special will come up and be like, "Ooh, now that sounds good." Eighty percent of the time, I know what I I figured it out beforehand, beforehand. and I stick to that. I, I can change occasionally, but rarely. Okay, I like looking ahead because then I get I get excited and I get like, is it. Uh, is this true or not? But I feel like I feel it spoils like, the experience. No, see, for me, I, like, I like when the menu comes out and I don't know. Oh, see, but I don't eat seafood, and so sometimes that that has been a problem for me. So I need to go to a place that I know that they're going to have something that I like. I'm real picky, apparently. Um, that and I feel like I can get my taste buds ready for like a certain for a certain 
I don't know if it's mm. it's if it's a spice palette or yeah, a certain texture fair. or whatever. Because there are times when Carrie Carrie will say, "Oh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna make such and such for dinner," and I get real excited about it. And like whenever I get home, and she's like, "Oh, well, you know, I just decided to pick up I decided to pick up Chick Fil A or whatever." Um, I mean, I still love Chick Fil A, but it's like my taste buds. Yeah. Are disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I get I get myself psyched up to to eat something to experience something, and and part of it is the the anticipation of a really good meal. Like mm. part of part of part of the joy, the simple joy of life is like just anticipation of looking for something coming up. Yeah, and, that's fair. And so, I, what's your what's your favorite kind of uh, like of all the different styles of food? What's mm-hmm. what's 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 one that you what's one that might surprise people? This isn't in the bowl, but like. Like outside of America, and just like, yeah, like down home do cooking. You like, do you secretly like Indian food or Thai food? I love Thai food. I like Thai food too. I'm a big fan of Thai food. Uh, not so much for me. <laughs> Tex Mex. <laughs> not spicy Tex Mex. Not spicy Tex Mex. John will take three cheese enchiladas. Uh-huh. Italian. <laughs> With extra onions over there. Italian or a hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay, next question. Okay, what's a common myth about your job or fields of expertise? What's a common myth about being well, in ministry? Here's a myth, and there are people that still think that we only work four hours a week. That <laughs> yes. You show up and you preach, and that's all that you do. Yes. And they don't understand um, how much is involved that I think maybe would surprise people uh, how much is involved in that. So I think that myth is still around. Yeah. yeah. I also think that people maybe have this this um, this myth, and, and, and you know what? It may be true of some some pastors, and so I'll, I'll go ahead and paint with a broad brush. Um, but you know, I've known pastors growing up, and I don't know that they ever knew how to have fun. You know, mm. that there have been there have there have been you know some exceptions to this rule, but you no, know, by and large, the the pastors that I know. Are some of the funniest people on earth? Yes, uh, I mean it's like you got to have a, a, a really good sense of humor sometimes just to to stay buoyant in yeah. dealing with some of the things that that people bring to the church, and rightfully so. I mean, this is the place where what what what's one of your 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 favorite metaphors for the church? It's it's a hospital hospital, hospital for wounded souls, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't have like a pressure release valve for that sort of stuff, if, if humor and and laughing and and really just like Figuring out how to enjoy the the good stuff, the marrow of life, yeah. then um, then you're you're gonna sink. Um, and so I think one of the the great myths out there that pastors aren't funny, that 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 we're not fun. Um, you know, the kind of can't take a can, joke, can't take a yeah. joke, yeah. Um, can't can't tell a joke. Um, you know, I, I've, have you ever been one of those situations where you go and and people are totally fine and normal and mm. they don't know what you do. Yeah. And then they find out and their demeanor changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And suddenly they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I said that. <laughs> like I wasn't standing here just judging, judging. You. You. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wasn't just standing here going this monster. Okay. I had, like, I had, okay. I had a real moral dilemma. Um, a couple of years ago, we went whitewater rafting and love whitewater, whitewater rafting. You know, we're going like class four, class five. I mean, like this was serious stuff. And, um, you know, you get in the boat and you, you paddling, going down the river. And I, and I've had that experience so many times where people is like, oh, who invited the preacher? Um, that when you're going around the boat kind of introducing yourself, there really was a split second in my head of me trying to figure out, okay, why do I tell them that I do rather than saying I'm a pastor? Mm-hmm. Um, just so 
Like I don't ruin their experience. I don't ruin their day. Um, but then I was really convicted about the, you know, those places in the Bible where it talks about, you know, if you deny me before men, then I'll deny yeah. you before the father. Yeah. And I thought, Oh no. And so I took it as an opportunity to prove to them that not all pastors were like what they were thinking. Pastors were like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I've good. Had that. But to be trapped for, you know, four to six hours in a inflatable boat with, uh, with folks who were I bet just they really were, honestly, I bet they were happy they had a man in the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. <laughs> Premium time? Yeah. Uh, okay, here's another one. Uh, this person asks about uh, speaking in tongues. Is it a heavy, heavenly language? Can anyone do it? What do you think? I'll just give you my opinion. I, I do think it is a heavenly language. Um, I think anybody can do it. Everybody is not given the gift. It is a spiritual gift um, that some people are blessed with, some people are not. Um, and I think, again, to do it in the, you know, the right way that it builds up the body. But certainly, yes, I do think it is a gift of the Spirit. And uh, I do think it's available you know, for anyone that does, but I don't think everybody has a gift. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have the gift. No, I and don't either. I, and I've, yeah, I've put myself when when we were we lived in St. Louis for three years while I was in middle school, and uh, we went to Assembly of God Church while we were up there, and you know my first experience of of folks speaking in tongues, and you know in in the in the way in the modern way that we've come to to understand speaking in tongues, it really like it really unnerved me. I'd never experienced anything like that. I didn't know what to expect, um, and so when someone started just like talking this language that I couldn't understand while the preacher was preaching. I was like, you're not supposed to do that. No, you're not supposed to interrupt the preacher as, as he's preaching. Um, yeah, I'll, but, I'll confess, it still unnerves me a little bit. And But every every Sunday night at that church, I would go down. I'd go down to the to the prayer rail, and I would pray, and everyone would be speaking in tongues, people getting mm-hmm. slain in the Spirit. Um, and I would pray like, Lord, if you've got more, if there's more of you than what I've got, mm-hmm. like give, give it to me. I want every part of you that you're willing to give me, yeah. Lord, like pour it out on me. Like I opened myself. I had people praying over me um, to 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 receive the gift of tongues, um, and not once, not yeah. once. And I felt really um, bad. Isn't the right word? Uh, um, I felt uh, second class, maybe. And I think like, that's where maybe some some of sometimes it can get dangerous if it's right. if there's a sense of superiority. In right. That. Like I felt like I was missing something because yeah. all these other people were doing this, and I thought. Oh, well, you know, and it did send me on that journey of, okay, am, am I not saved? But I knew I was saved. I knew, well, and I there are Jesus's. church traditions, right? That That's right. believe that you you have to be right. yeah, that it baptized is, in the spirit. That it is an evidence, like that speaking in tongues is evidence of your salvation. Like it's a manifestation of the spirit that you have yeah, to, I have, that you I, have I, to I have. I had a tough time with that. It took me, it took me years, man, to figure out that, you know, yeah, it is still a, a, a very valid gift. But it's not a gift that God has given me. It's yeah. not a gift that I'm I'm called to. You just know? like many, I mean, just like many others that you know, so everyone's different. You know, yeah. some people are hands, some are feet, some are eyes. Like, yeah. that's uh-huh. Paul talks about that. You yeah. know, and so. Paul, what was it? You know, I would I would rather speak. You know, like I'd rather speak five words of reason yeah. than a ten ten thousand. You know, um, for all for the, the 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 edification and the building up of the church. Yeah, and so. I've come to peace with it, but I'll, I I know that there are some traditions that say you have to speak in tongues. And on, on the other side of the coin, there are other traditions that say, no, 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 speaking in tongues, that doesn't exist anymore. Like not since the time of the apostles does that, does, right. does speaking in tongues like the secessionist, I think, mm-hmm. um, 
they, they call themselves. I'm like, our tradition isn't that either. We say, yeah, speaking in tongues is still a valid, mm-hmm. you know, a valid form of worship and a valid, valid experience. But it's of okay God's if presence. it's not yours. Exactly. Yeah. But right. it is okay if it's not yours. That's good. Uh, okay. What do you think is the most useless invention ever? Ooh. The most useless invention. That, I, that's a hard one. Ooh. Useless. useless. Like what's something maybe you've purchased that you regret, maybe? Um, I know one. Okay. <laughs> I got it for Christmas my freshman year, and I was not real thrilled. An electric shoe shine kit. <laughs> oh, that's not useless. You got that for Christmas? Uh-huh. That was my big gift <laughs> that year. I thought you were going to say those Oprah Winfrey diet pills. Uh-huh. We'll put that right there. <laughs> Uh-huh. But uh He got scammed. He got scammed by one of those those uh text message offers. When I play about, words for friends okay. and they lose eighty pounds in forty days. And you don't have to change your diet or like work out or do anything. Just take this pill. And they have Oprah on there trying to act like Oprah wants you to get skinny. That just made me remember mine, which is when we when I was in sixth grade at the Park Mall in Arlington, we came across this kiosk and they were selling Gizmodos, which was like this little handheld gaming device. <laughs> and I got it for Christmas. I begged for it. It was so expensive. I mean, especially for, you know, at the time. And it worked for like three days and then quit working. And it was, the games were terrible and it was junky and yeah. cheap. And we went back to the mall and that guy had cleared out. And, oh. And I, I went and, and I, cause I, I talked about this in a sermon several months ago, maybe around Christmas. And anyway, I went and looked it up. It is the work. The Gizmodo was the worst selling video game device in history. Gotcha. And they only sold, and it was basically a big scam where they made these little junky fake Game Boys, yeah. sold them for exorbitant amounts, and then like shut down the company. And so there's nothing oh, you could do. Oh, bad form, wow. man. Yeah. Now that you That's- mentioned that... This is y'all won't even know what this is, but back when I was kind of in those teen years, they would have really cheap, cheap, cheap little AM radios that could barely get any station, and it was fuzzy, and the speakers were horrible. Yeah, and it was really, it was pretty sorry, but it was very cheap, but it wasn't good quality. I'm sitting over here racking my brain, still thinking y'all have come up with multiples. How about like, was it Betamax? Was that the name of the? The the format of like uh, video cassette recorders like before that, VCR before VHS well, it was like we they were terribly expensive so we couldn't afford one yeah it was like that and then it went to uh, um, oh what was it? Uh, laser disc yes I remember whenever the teacher would bring out the first of all do y'all remember uh, film strips did y'all have film strips in school Sam. Mm. It was like this, we did. It was a projector, and there was usually oh, like a yeah. cassette that would go along with it. And we, had be like, like a, we had the projector boop. where you, they'd put the, the the image on it, and it would you know what I'm talking like about? Like the opaque projector, yes. or the yes, the tri- yes. okay, yeah. This was one. It was like a little film strip, and it would film. It would feed into this this projector, and there would be either a record or a cassette player that they that would and it would, beep, would have and the audio. Would turn it, yeah, and whenever it was done with the the audio of whatever that slide was supposed to be, it would have a beep. It'd be like boop. And you would advance the slide, and it was everyone's. Everyone wanted to be the the slide turner, you know, like for your 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 your, uh, your classroom chores. Um, but like after that, the the next evolution was to the laser disc, and the laser disc with this Mongo like what eighteen inch, uh, eighteen to twenty four inch, like it looked like a, a, a CD. 
uh, and had like all this, it, it was video that was encoded in on it. But you knew whenever the teacher, usually a science teacher, broke out the laser disc, you thought, oh, we're not taking notes today. Yeah. Uh, you're just watching a movie or you're just going through slides. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good. Hey, great question. I, I honestly was worried. We were, I'm a, okay. I was worried we weren't going to find any answers. Okay, you know what? I will probably be thinking about that. I know. For tonight, we, we can revisit. Can I revisit can that revisit. one next yeah. time? Okay, we can revisit. Yes. We can revisit. That's one of that's the a good one. That's going to be lingering. That's one of the things about this this format is it's you know we're we're just coming up. This is off the top of our head. So if yeah. something comes up later and you're like, I have to address this, we'll do it on the next episode. Okay. So stay tuned. Because you know what? I may have been wrong about that whole elephant versus chicken thing. Oh, I'm still no. thinking about that one. That's, We're that's the one more time on that. That's the one I'm stuck on from last time. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, and thank you uh, for listening. Uh, again, please feel free to send in your questions. You can email me, srobbins at whiteschapel.org. You can also send your questions into questions at whiteschapel.org. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, ask anything we're we're here and we want uh, you know we're the kind of church that that is open to talking about whatever and so please feel free uh, to send those questions in uh john todd thank you so much for being here hey, thanks thank for having you us. very much please send this to your friends and we'll see you on the next episode